Hey there, Nerd Clan. Welcome to, of course, the newest episode of the Potterverse. And remember, if you have not yet checked out MinuteWithMary.com, that's what all of these are sponsored by. In addition to podcasting about all things geeky, uh, I love to help people feel more confident and creative when it comes to their makeup and skincare. And yes, I have my eye cream on sale this month. You can go to minutewithmary.com slash discount. But better than that, if you search the hashtag minutewithmary on Facebook, I have a special VIP group just for people who want to learn free tips and tricks. So search that hashtag minutewithmary. Let me know that you found out about it from the Potterverse. I'm actually putting on a couple of classes right now that might interest you. I'm sharing with you how to highlight and contour and blush. But then after that, I'm doing makeup for masks. Oh. And then skincare for masks. Oh. Because people are having all sorts of mask issues. Yeah. Like breakouts and, you know, the makeup's flying all off the place. So I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate my time and space to my VIPs. No purchase necessary. Just go to hashtag Minute with Mary on Facebook, request to join my marvelous VIPs, and I'll hook you up with some really cool tips and tricks. Do you think Robert Pattinson needs masks now because he's Batman? Everyone, well, that's part of his costume. Because he has all the black makeup on his eyes now. I mean, come on. We got we to get that right. Everyone has to wear a mask I at know. some point. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying there to be, you go. I'm trying to be hip with the kids. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite wands and time turners. Let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And this ending really surprised me. Oh. Really surprised. I mean, I know I've seen the film. I know how it ends. Yeah. But when you read the book and you go throughout this whole thing, uh, that it felt like it's building to this final confrontation. It happens, but it happens in an instant. Boom. And within the blink of the eye, <laughs> book's over. That's, that's it. it. That, that's the end. Yeah. I, I See you was next shocked. year, Harry. I, w- I was shocked. You know, uh, being the fact that this is your first time reading this book, uh, mm-hmm. because you've just watched a lot of the movies, you read the latter books, yep. but um, you know what's really great in this chapter, too, is that not only does it tie up a lot of loose ends from what we've read in the book, but it actually puts so many things in place that we refer to in book six and seven, even. Absolutely. It's just so interesting to see the little breadcrumbs that have been dropped and how they're all connected. Oh, so, my, I just want to say uh, yeah. my sister is watching us. Hi, sissy! Just just throwing that out there. If you're, if you're listening to us on the podcast, app right now you don't get the benefit of joining us live but when you want to you can join us live just follow us on any of the social media uh that we have at mary and blake and you can watch us like my sister is right now hi sis love you the other thing you can do is if you're listening to this whether live or not and you want to be a part of the live conversation you can actually get out your phone and text the phone number 81010 and then in the message field at elderwan e-l-d-e-r-w-a-n-d and that's going to sign you up for a complimentary text reminder service. If you are out of the U.S., you can still do it by going to remind.com slash join slash elderwand. All right. So this chapter, it is chapter 17, The Man with Two Faces. And I wanted to read um, one of my favorite quotes from this chapter. 
<sighs> of course, it's from Dumbledore. I mean, goodness gracious, he's such a wise, wise man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, after all, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. You know, the stone was really not such a wonderful thing as much money and life as you could want. The two things most human beings would choose above all. The trouble is humans do have a knack of choosing precisely those things which are worst for them. And I just thought it was such an interesting thing, you know, as I said, reflecting on the fact that we are people who've read these books and watched these movies, knowing the death adventures that are going to happen to so many of those beloved characters Mm -hmm. um, and how other people do strive for the money, for the wealth, for, for the immortality. Sure. And that really gets them nowhere. It's the kindness and the love that matters most when you can welcome death like a friend. Yeah, that has absolutely been the the running theme throughout this book. And like you said, Mary, I think throughout the entire series, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a very distinct thesis that I think the author is putting out there. And, you know, one of the things that I do want to talk about before we, when we get into our show is, does this book stand on its own? Or is it is it just... A, one chapter of a much larger tapestry? Is it just one thread in a larger tapestry? She knew when she was writing it that it was going to be a multi-book series. Right, uh, but I think it's the thought exercise of it all. But you know what? All right, let's, okay. let, you know what? Let's, before right. we do You ready do for the that. quick synopsis? Uh, no, we have to, we have to do uh, what, the, what the document says. It says, Mary introduced the title of the chapter, which yep. I did, and then it says Mary quote. Yep, and then it says talk about the quote, which we did. Okay. And then what does it say? Okay. Uh, <laughs> we do this... Every single time, Mary. Every time. You don't scroll far now in, in Come the on, Google Ron. Docs. Come on, Ron. I'm Ron Burgundy. What do you got for me, Ron? <laughs> okay. Well, we would also like to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. Even if you're watching it here live, subscribing for the podcast actually helps bump it up in the podcast feed. And you guys know there are a bajillion Harry Potter podcasts. But if you head on over there, subscribe to it. It bumps it up. You can also leave us a written review, and that helps more people learn about the Pottercast. You can also follow us at Mary and Blake on social media or go to maryandblake.com to check out our other podcasts. I highly recommend if you are someone who's, you know, just trying to kill some time during 2020. If you haven't watched This Is Us, it's a very different series. Um, and Blake and I have podcasted about every single episode. And it's one of our oh, by yeah. far like best podcasts that we've done. Oh, yeah. um, so you could binge This Is Us and listen to a corresponding podcast episode. You can find that by going to maryandblake.com or in your podcast app, search This Is Us too. And lastly, we want to invite you to join the nerdclan.com. Where you get all the cool things that we offer you, whether it is uh, more personal action access to Mary and myself, or it is uh, free swag, free nerd swag, man, or it is special uh, uh, access to our uh, documents, like our, 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 our show notes, or it is special Q&As, or the After Dark show, or perhaps when the Chamber of Secrets begins, maybe we'll do a, a Defense Against the Dark Arts uh, episode, or a- After the Dark Arts. That's what we, I think we were going to call it. Maybe we'll get there. I don't know. We'll see. If there's, an, if there's enough demand for it, maybe we'll do it. But go to jointhenerdclan.com, be, become an official NerdClan member, and get all the access to, to the community there. Marvin, are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's do it. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. As we left off, there was already someone there, but it wasn't Snape, 
It wasn't even Voldemort. It was Quirrell. Yes, Quirrell is the one trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone. And they have gotten to the Mirror of Ears said that he doesn't really know how to get the stone from, but Harry figures it out and it ends up being in his pocket. Then they struggle and Voldemort is revealed to be living on the back of Quirrell's head. That's why he's been wearing a turban. That's why he's been a little smelly. This is awkward. And Voldemort instructs the professor to kill Harry Potter. Hmm, you know, that 11-year-old boy that we've just grown to love. Uh, during the struggle, he's about to die. Someone saves him. And he wakes up in a hospital bed, surrounded by treats, and everything's okay. And Gryffindor wins the house cup. The end. Good job, Marvin. You, you know, you've really got this one down. Okay. You, you got 17 this one. chapters in, I've got it. <laughs> you finally nailed it. There was it. a lot in this chapter. <laughs> uh, yes, there was. There was. Um, and, and the, well, do you want to have the conversation now? Does does the book at the when we when we finish reading the chapter, does yeah. the book let's just say for the sake of argument, Harry wakes up and everyone's there and he says, Okay guys, I'm going with the Dursleys, I'll see you later. And um that's the end of the Harry Potter saga. Does this book tell a complete story? Can it stand on its own? No. No, how come? <laughs> Why? Well, I'm just, it's a thought exercise. I, and I, it's because important. Voldemort's not dead. Well, he's not dead, but he's gone for the moment. Yeah, but he just said he finds different hosts to like piggyback on. Right. So Voldemort's not dead. Mm-hmm. We don't fully understand why Snape was protecting Harry, even though Dumbledore gives him like a lame excuse. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore literally says to Harry's first question, like, what's going on? Dumbledore says, I can't answer that yet. I'll get back to you when you're a little older. Valid point. That's a valid point. But could you have just read this book and have had a merry time? And if you didn't want to read any others, would you be like, yeah, I enjoyed that book. Yes. But do we, do any of us do that? No. (laughs) This is a magical wizarding world that we just want to live and breathe and go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter and drink butterbeer and know everything we possibly can. (sighs) You see, Rebecca here says, no, we need the Snape friction dealt with. Yes. Uh, And Victoria says, it's so clearly the beginning of a bigger journey, especially considering it's Harry's first year at Hogwarts. Preach. Uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, Illuminating the the friction with Snape is important. And yes, it is the first part, and it is the first year at Hogwarts. But would you be satisfied with the end of this book, if it was just... You can never be satisfied. (laughs) Good job, Mary. No. Good job. (laughs) The answer is no. Um, You see, I think I kind of would be. If it was, if if he woke up and that was that, and see you later, I'm going to the Dursleys. Of course, but they don't, but they don't know that I can that I can use magic. It's going to be an interesting holiday. Okay. Um, it's a it's a fitting end to that particular year. I think things were buttoned up for the most part. It leaves questions for you. Why couldn't he, uh, Dumbledore tell Harry? What was it? I'll tell you what. People who feel that way are not listening to the Potterverse. Uh, I know, that's they true. They are not my people. No, they are not. They are not our people. But I'm just saying, there are some unanswered questions and I think I like that. Um, because having everything tied up in a bow is nice and yep, here it is. Here's the whole story. But I like en- having to engage with it. I like having to think of my own ending, but not mm. oh, not just my own ending, but um, I think thematically the 
the book makes a statement and delivers on that statement, I especially mean, at the end. It completes the book. And I think that that's the thing. Yeah. It's a school year and it completes the book. I think if it left off on this major cliffhanger, um, it would feel awkward. But each of these books does end within generally the school year time frame. And um, it, it feels somewhat complete. Right. Uh, so, but, you know, as we always do, we should probably start at the beginning here. It's a very good place to begin. Very good place to start. Whatever. It's, oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's Get stat- your sound of music quotes correct. Stats are for nerds. Um, I love how this chapter begins. <laughs> I love it. it. There's no nonsense. There's no frill. The efficiency in this chapter is remarkable. I mean, it is awesome. And it just begins. It was Quirrell. Boom. That was it. There he is. You gasped, <laughs> Harry. And, and he says, me. I wonder whether I'd be meeting you here, Potter. And then instantly it goes from Quirrell right to Snape. And Quirrell turns into what may be Bond villain-esque. You know, where it's oh, just... Oh, the like, little monologue. The, the like, monologuing. Oh, 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 it was me child. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. What did you think about this beginning, Mary? Oh my goodness, did we get to know Curl better in this opening? Now, mind you, mind you, he is being he is hosting Voldemort. So we also don't know how much of this is Voldemort. How much of this is Quirrell's confidence finally shining? How much of his blubbering Quirrell was Quirrell or was he putting on a front? Um, we, that's that's one thing that I think is an interesting discussion to, to have. Sure. Who is talking right now? Is it Quirrell for Quirrell's sake or is it Voldemort really talking through Quirrell? For me, I think it's Quirrell. I think there's bits of him who have struggled at times, but I always see Quirrell. I know that there was a write-up on Pottermore that the author had written about how Quirrell was kind of this like super nerdy, insecure kid um, growing up, and how he really longed to be accepted and be amazing at something, and that's why he went out searching for Voldemort. Remember, people had searched for Voldemort before. No one found him, Mm -hmm. but Quirrell did. I mean, we always think about Peter Pettigrew as like, oh, you're the one that came back, and Lucius Malfoy, you're so good. Quirrell, who wasn't even a Death Eater, mm-hmm. he was just found a guy. Voldemort. Yep, he found him. He went out on this quest, and he yes used a suggestion of a sabbatical, like oh I'm going to go learn about the dark arts because he wasn't the dark arts professor before. Mm-hmm. The dark arts professors have been cursed um, ever since Tom Riddle left. Mm-hmm. There has never been a professor who's been a dark arts professor for more than one year. They've always had something happen to them. Good point. Yep. So Quirrell before this was something, something in this school. Uh, I think he was actually the Muggle Studies professor. Yes, that's right. That's How exactly ironic what he was. is that? That he was the Muggle Studies professor and then he went out to go broaden his horizons and learn a bit more about the dark arts. Is it? Is it, yeah. is it Quirrell finding Voldemort or is it Voldemort? seeing Quirrell and attaching himself to Quirrell. So Quirrell found Voldemort. Okay. Voldemort chose to let Quirrell be a host when he found out that Quirrell was a professor at Hogwarts. He was like, giddy up, man. Let's go. Let's go. Got my way in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. So it's really, to me, it's like Quirrell, he has this discussion with him that it's not necessarily good or bad. It's about power. And this is something that I feel like uh, someone who was bullied as a child, someone who was kind of the nerdy kid in class for so much of his life, he was looking for this edge. He was looking for this power. So to me, this 
is cruel. This is cruel, like Mister Confident, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing some big time stuff right now, and someone's here to see me do it. Granted, it's eleven year old kid, but I'm gonna have my bad man monologue right now because this is my moment. <laughs> uh, Rachel says uh, on Facebook, they found each other and lived happily ever after. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was funny. Um, again, the, the efficiency in this chapter is phenomenal. She gets right down to yes. brass tacks. And what I like that the author does here is we, of course, since we know the story, we saw the little hints. We saw the little things that, you know, Quirrell was put in the story. But if you were reading this book for the first time, you would look back on this and say, Holy crap. Yeah. How did I miss that? Coral was there this entire time. He was doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And any great um, like mystery story or any great, let, let's, for example, let's call it uh, Sherlock. You, you know the show Sherlock uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch. It's one of our favorite How shows. How could we not? It's one of our favorite shows <laughs> ever. Benedict Cumberbatch is, I think, my biggest man crush on this planet. Uh, and... The thing about Sherlock, what makes it so great, what makes it so well-written, is that all of the clues are right in front of you the entire time. It's a question, and you are in Sherlock's POV. You get a chance to see all the things that are happening as they are happening along with him. Yes. And it doesn't hide things from you. It doesn't uh, It doesn't withhold issues from you it just shows you mm-hmm. and if you if it's up to you to figure it out you can eventually sherlock puts it all together for you and you get the end of the show that's when things are well written if the book isn't isn't um disingenuous if the show isn't disingenuous this book is not disingenuous agreed and when quarrel lays out every single thing that happened and how he was involved in all of the things that he did and how he was actually stopped by Snape mm-hmm. multiple times. It's a total um, shift yeah. in perspective. And you say, oh, wow, there it is. I, now I get it. You know, it's so funny because you're talking about how Quirrell says, no, Snape was actually trying to save you. And then Dumbledore says it again to Harry. And yet in the future books, Harry still doubts Snape. I mean, we as readers doubted Snape. There was literally sure. a book called The Great Snape Debate. <laughs> that That's right. That, we own it. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, that lays everything out. Is Snape good? Is Snape bad? Like, how do we feel about this character? And it's really interesting to read it here, to hear that no Snape was protecting you. And yet, Snape has treated Harry Potter terribly and continues to in the future books. So it's just a, a pretty awesome thing. So, of course, he's there and they're figuring out the Mirror of Erised. And little 11-year-old, can we give him props? 11-year-old Harry Potter knows that he needs to keep Quirrell talking right. so that he can't focus and figure out how to get the Mirror of Erised to give him the Sorcerer's Stone. But in the end, I mean, well, again, we know the story, so we know the the key to getting the stone yeah. from Dumbledore, which is you have to want yes. the Sorcerer's Stone, but not want to use it. You yes. simply want it for the sake of wanting it yes. for good. Um, Harry doesn't know that, but it is a smart thing to do on Harry's mm-hmm. part. Um, what do you think about the Mirror of Erised being the final test? I love it because it would allow people like Dumbledore 
to go check up on it. Like Dumbledore didn't want to use it for gold or the elixir of life. He could just go check on it, make sure it's still there and make sure it's okay. Mm-hmm. He also knows that he explained it to Harry Potter. So that's that's a nice thing to do. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey there, 11-year-old kid. You might want to know how this really important thing works. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just, just putting it out there. So... <laughs> I love it, and I love that it is the simplicity that you do not want to use it because it knows your deepest desires, so you couldn't fib your way. Mm -hmm. You couldn't think your way out of it. Like It can read your deepest desires. So Voldemort couldn't have Quirrell pretend that they weren't going to use it. Like It could read what he wanted, uh, which I think is pretty awesome. Something happens here that really stands out to me, Mary, when I'm reading it, and Remember how we talked about the exorcism of Emily Rose yes. and how she yep. and she moved and and it obviously it was Coral who was moving like all crazy mm-hmm. and crawling. I don't know why, but this description of how Coral unravels his turban and reveals um, Voldemort Voldemort's face is just it's so well written and it's 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 creepy. It's just Harry would have screamed but he couldn't make a sound. Where there should have been a back to Quirrell's head, there was a face, the most terrible face Harry had ever seen. It was chalk white with glaring red eyes and slits for nostrils, like a snake. Harry Potter, it whispered. Harry tried to take a step backwards, but his heads, but his legs wouldn't move. And then it goes on to saying how this Quirrell had to walk backwards, for, I wonder if he was in marching band. <laughs> I just the, the the roll step the the idea of Quarrel walking backwards and how that is a literal like step backwards in humanity for Quarrel mm. and and how backwards it is that Voldemort is on his head Ooh. how backwards all of his existence is now. But he has to move backwards in order for Voldemort to come. And just the, th- the thought of someone moving backwards so that, like, towards him, it's just so, so um, foreign to mm. move in that, th- in, in that way for most people, unlike you band geeks who move backwards all the time. <laughs> we got it. We got that skill. <laughs> and then, of course, Voldemort knows that the stone is in Harry's pocket. How does Voldemort know this? How do you think? And we'll ask our friends who are watching here live. How do you think Voldemort knew? Because he knows Harry's lying and he actually knows that the stone is in his pocket. Is it that it was big enough that like there was suddenly this giant, you know, rock uh, shaped thing in his right pocket or is whatever? That a, is that a stone uh, in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Or was <laughs> he able to read Harry's mind? You, actually, Mary, there's, I think, some textual evidence that would suggest that Voldemort is reading Harry's mind, and it goes even further. Uh, something uh, Voldemort, I keep wanting to say Snape, but Voldemort is saying, it says, don't be a fool, snarled the face. Better save your own life and join me, or you'll meet the same end as your parents. They died begging me for mercy. Liar! Harry shouted suddenly. Coral was walking backwards at him so that Voldemort could still see him. The evil face was now smiling. How touching, it hissed. I love that, it. Not Voldemort, not he, it. How Mm. touching, it hissed. I always value bravery. Yes, boy, your parents were brave. I killed your father first, and he put up a courageous fight. 
But your mother needn't have died. She was trying to protect you. Now give me the stone, unless you want her to have died in vain. And the reason why I bring this up is because Voldemort is a Slytherin. Yeah. He doesn't care about bravery. That's a Gryffindor trait. Totes. So is Voldemort, number one, aware that Harry Potter is a Gryffindor? Number two, is is he um, using his knowledge and, and reading Harry's brain to suggest that he's manipulating that trait of Harry's. He's manipulating that want and need for bravery and his uh, his affection for his mother against him. My thought on that is yes. My thought is Voldemort is reading Harry's brain trying to use his inner thoughts and it's not like he can see every little thing but it kind of reminds me almost of uh, of Charlie in Midnight Sun. It's, 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 hashtag spoilers. Edward can't read Charlie's brain. He can only read like a little basic bit. thoughts yeah. and very basic emotions. And because Voldemort is not fully part, he's not fully himself yet. He can only read basic thoughts, basic, basic emotions. Uh, Midnight Sun comparisons aside, what do you think about that idea? Oh, you know, I think, I think that Voldemort doesn't realize, I mean, he doesn't know that Harry's a Horcrux, right? And he doesn't fully understand how connected he and Harry are. So I do think that he is able to read his mind a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, not understanding it fully, nor uh, it kind of weirds me out because Harry's been around Quirrell all this time. So it makes me wonder if Voldemort read his mind in this instance, could he have been reading his mind all along? Or is it because Harry and Voldemort are having eye contact that he's able to read his mind this much? Is mm-hmm. that helping um, with with his telling? Or was the stone just really big? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I love how Voldemort goes from, all right, sees the boy to trying to shame Harry, then to trying to convince Harry, and then saying, okay, that's it, kill him. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I, I find that progression really intriguing on that because you can see that there's intent. There's an intent to, to manipulate Harry yeah. um, in, in the best way that he knows he can do, yeah. uh, that he's, Voldemort is capable of, of doing by that point. Um, and that, I think, it's, lends itself to why this story is well beyond just a kid's story. It, it, is, it is far beyond that. It is something that's much larger. It's something that is much darker and much more layered and complex. Uh, and, and for a kid reader, yeah, that's, that's scary. I mean, like, yay, the, the, yeah, there's, there's, there's Voldemort on, on, on Quirrell's head. And, and sure, there's, um, there's a little bit of a struggle at the end. But the themes of love and friendship and uh, greed and how as soon as Voldemort is destroyed – at the same time, the Sorcerer's Stone is destroyed. The two things mm-hmm. that represent greed and power and, and, and the opposite of love and friendship, they're both destroyed at the same time. You know, there are yeah. some fun wee things, but really, th- this is when I think Harry Potter takes a step into the next Agreed. realm. Agreed. Um, Rachel is saying that in the book, um, Snape says that Voldemort can definitely tell when people are lying. So... That's a skill of Voldemort. No, okay. So then Quirrell goes after Harry, 
because Voldemort's saying, kill him, kill him. Mm -hmm. Voldemort goes after Harry and physically is being hurt. He's getting blisters on his hands from where he's trying to strangle Harry. And even through these blisters, Voldemort's like, do it, do it, do it. Keep going. And Krull's calling out in agony. But he is very close to hurting Harry and killing Harry. Right. And Harry hears someone call his name. Right. And he thinks it might be voices in his head. Yeah. But who do you think it is who's calling his name? Oh, it's Dumbledore. Yeah. So Dumbledore, and this is different, of course, than the movies. Dumbledore jumps in and rips Quirrell off of Harry. Yep. Um, Voldemort spirit thing leaves and... Quirrell couldn't stand all the pain and everything, so Quirrell perishes. But it's Dumbledore who comes in and takes him away. And Dumbledore even says later on that he said, like, I got you just in the nick of time. Like, I'm so glad that I was able to to pull you off. Yeah, he thought he he might have died. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what if he was just a little later? Like, Harry Potter wouldn't be here. He kind of was just, like, waiting, like, just long enough. Granted, he says, you know, I just turned around. You know, I got to London, then I turned around back. But he says, like, I I was the one that pulled you off. And I liked this. I had forgotten this bit, that Dumbledore is the one that went in and saved him. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me feel better a little bit about Dumbledore. Because Harry was that close to death. Like, had Dumbledore not stepped in, 11-year-old Harry could not have taken Quirrell and Voldemort on by himself. It's different in the movie. In the movie, he does it. But in the book, Harry might have perished had it not been for Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, that depends. That thinking, I think, depends on your perspective of about Dumbledore. Yes. <laughs> what he was doing this whole time. Yeah, regardless of whatever happens in the film or whatever happens in the book, it, do- it doesn't matter. The text here suggests that, like, eventually when Harry, you know, wakes up and he says, did you get Hermione's owl? And he's like, no, I didn't get it. We must have just passed in the air. Yep. I got to London and then I realized, yeah, I probably, be sh- here. probably shouldn't be here. That, to me, does not feel like Dumbledore. That Either just, he got there and he realized, because we're led to kind of believe that Quirrell led him on this wild goose chase. Absolutely. So either he got there and he realized, oh, I'm not actually needed here. That was a fake letter. I better hightail it back to Hogwarts. Yes. Or he was just chilling out, dancing with Fox to Kelly Clarkson in his office. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's it. By the way, get that shirt at the Marion Blake Except store. Except it was killing Harry. So he probably was like, okay, I need to step in. Uh, yeah. So if you're to think that Dumbledore was chilling with Fox and eating cake, he came in just at the right time. Maybe yeah. he realized, oop, nope, time to reel this one back in. It's like when you take the training wheels off your kid's bike and you're like, let's just see. Let's, sure. let's just see. Or like when you take their floaties off them when they're swimming. And then you're like, let's, they've been doing a really good job. Like, this might be able to work. And then you realize it's not working out as well as you thought. Like, they need a little bit more practice. They need a couple more years of magic school. Yeah. Maybe to really get Expelliarmus underneath their belt, even though Quirrell wasn't even using a wand. But part, oh, part, so of me, part of me knows that Dumbledore knows that Harry has to confront Voldemort. Has to. 
Harry even feels this way because Ron actually asked, like, we have this whole Dumbledore dilemma. Ooh. Oh, hey, alliteration. alliteration. Um, like, Ron literally asks him, like, did did her, did Dumbledore really know what was going on? Um, and and <laughs> Harry says, like, I think so. I kind of think that he was, like, letting us do this. Um, and that's a really interesting thing for, once again, an 11-year-old boy to be able to digest. Yeah, is uh, are you? I think you're right. You might be right, Mary, because there are there are two things. There are two worlds that are happening at the very same time here. There is one world where Harry is just a student, and then there is another world where Harry is uh, part of something much larger. There is something happening that. Uh, is bigger than Harry and it has to do with Voldemort. It's this ultimate, um, how do I want to put it? There's, it's the, the, the struggle, the, the struggle between good and evil, the struggle between all that is right and all that is wrong, the, the, the dark and the light. Like this is, so this is how it goes. Ron says, do you think he meant to do it? Sending you your father's cloak and everything. Well, Hermione exploded, and this is my heart right now. Mm-hmm. If he did, I mean to say, that's terrible. <laughs> you could have been killed. And Harry said, no, it isn't. And he took a moment thoughtfully. He's a funny man, Dumbledore. I think he sort of wanted to give me a chance. I think he knows more or less everything that goes on here, you know. Mm-hmm. I reckon he had a pretty good idea we were going to try. And instead of stopping us, he just taught us just enough I don't think it was an accident he let me find out how the mirror worked. It's almost like he thought I had the right to face Voldemort if I could. And then Ron, of course, being Ron, says, yeah, Dumbledore's off his rocker, all right. (laughs) And then he moves on to talking about food. Thank you, Ron. But, But, like, not only does this... What I love about this is Hermione's, like, the, you know, issues that I have with Dumbledore. Hermione's able to voice that. But Harry would be okay with it if that were the truth because he was able to sit there and say like I do deserve to face Voldemort this this guy ruined my life murdered my parents and I do want to take care of it it's almost like Harry has the strength of knowing he's the chosen one mm-hmm. without even knowing it yet yeah you know you bring up this chosen one trope and uh, and it clearly is it it clearly is that this the story of harry potter is is a story of the chosen one that the trope of, of that kind of story where it's like it's uh it's kind of like neo in the matrix or um uh who else would be a chosen one um uh emmett in uh in the uh, the lego movie yes. chosen ones you know the, he's the special you know mm-hmm. or whatever um harry potter is definitely of that vein but I want to get into a larger macro conversation about how the story begins, how it ends. That's not going to be like our book wrap up? Because um, I feel like that's more of a book wrap up thing. Well, I mean, no, I think it's important to understand Harry through the lens of this chapter as it relates to the first chapter. Okay. You know, like. Um, I think you should save for the book wrap up. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because there's a lot of fun things that happen right now. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so like they get to this deep conversation. Harry wakes up and Dumbledore's above him. And yes. he asks he asks Dumbledore like the most important question. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how did this happen? Um, and 
he wants to. Oh goodness gracious! Great balls of fire. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. He says, sir, are there some things I'd like to know if you can tell me things that I want to know the truth about? And he says the truth, you know, it's a beautiful and terrible thing. I shall answer your questions unless I have a very good reason not to, in which case I wish you forgive me. And Harry asks, Voldemort said he only killed my mother because she tried to stop him from killing me. But why would he want to kill me in the first place? Right. And, and Dumbledore I, says, alas, the first thing you asked me, I cannot tell you. Yeah. <laughs> another, another great thing, too, that, that happens here is uh, the, they have the conversation uh, after that uh, where he talks about, um, oh, where is it? Why couldn't Quirrell touch me? Oh, your mother, she loved you. He, he couldn't bear to touch the thing of love. And then there's this great paragraph, and it's so well written. Dumbledore now became very interested in a bird out the window, st- st- uh, in the window still, which gave Harry time to dry his eyes on the sheet. Oh. When he had found his voice again, Harry said, in the invisibility cloak, do you know who sent it to me? But it, what I love about this, it's an acknowledgement from Dumbledore that mm-hmm. this part of the conversation is, is it's over. Hard. It's hard, but it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a moment for you. Yep. This is a moment for you, Harry, to understand who you are mm-hmm. um, and where you come from, why you are the special, <laughs> why you are the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, and something, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because in the in the illustrated version, I'll hold it up for, oh, the, for the live. So good for the live. Uh, it's a portrait of Harry, but it's a portrait of Harry. The way that he begins the year with the broken glasses mm-hmm. and the the tape between his 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 uh, between the the what's it called the cellophane the, no the, the, yeah the tape between yeah. the, the the rims so yeah. that it's held together um, and he's in his uniform cello tape is that what they cello tape to say yeah it? yeah um, I I wanted to talk about where Harry began as as in in relate in relation to where he ended because they found it important enough to put Harry's um portrait in here from the way that he began but I I think what what's most important here is not only is it um Dumbledore acknowledging the the gravity of the situation, but it is something that Dumbledore knows is very sensitive. He knows what Harry saw in the mirror of Arised, and he knows the growth that Harry had. Mm-hmm. Instead of wanting and focusing only in inward, something that happened to Harry, his mother did. She sacrificed herself for the sake of Harry. And Harry sacrificed so himself for the sake of good, yeah. for the, for the well being of Hogwarts, for the well being of the Wizarding World writ large. Yep, um, that is such a big growth from this kid, from the one where where we begin mm-hmm. to this meek little kid who lives under the cupboard to someone who sacrifices himself in the vein that his mother did for him. And maybe that's why Dumbledore does allow him to do these tasks. You know, obviously Harry is put in Gryffindor, and that's a very Gryffindor trait, to sacrifice yourself or to go out of your way or to give up things um, for the greater good for other people. That, That bravery aspect that can, you know, really not end up so luckily for yourself, but also 
you know, because he had to wait to see where he was sorted to see what the traits were that the that the house uh, sorting cat would would choose. Mm-hmm. But then he also had to see, you know, what is Harry willing to do? Is right. he willing to risk it all? And sure enough, Harry does because. Dumbledore does know the prophecy. Dumbledore does know what has to happen with this child, but he needs to see, is this child really capable of that kind of self-sacrifice? Right. Another thing that happens with Dumbledore here, uh, Harry says, Quarrel and Snape. Professor Snape. Sets him right. Yes, him. Quarrel said he hates me because he hated my father. Is that true? Well, they did rather detest each other, not unlike yourself and Mr. Malfoy. And then your father did something that Snape could never forgive. What? He saved his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you reasoning. If you if this book ended, it gives you reasoning on why Snape protects yes. Harry. It and does. that, of course, refers to the time um, Snape was trying to get into the Whomping Willow. Yes. And Lupin was in werewolf form, and James actually saved Severus. Right. So Dumbledore says, yes. Funny the way that people's minds work, isn't it? Professor Snape couldn't bear being in your father's debt. I do believe he worked so hard to protect you this year because he felt that it would make him and your father quits. Then he could go back to hating your father's memory in peace. There you go. <laughs> so is that satisfying for you as a reader if you knew nothing else? I could never be satisfied. I could never be satisfied. <laughs> um I will tell you something that satisfied me, though, in this conversation. What was that? No. What was that? Are you done with the No, Dumbledore? go ahead. Go, go, go. I was really satisfied when Hagrid came and apologized. Hagrid, who, of course, is one of my faves. Yes. If not my favorite character. And he comes in and apologizes, which he kind of needed to do. Because let's be real. Hagrid got them in loads of trouble because they came to see him and help him with his little dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, Hagrid, what are you doing? And you told them how to get past Fluffy. Hagrid. So Hagrid feels so terrible that he thinks that he's the root of this cause. He says, it's all my ready fault. I told the evil git how to get past Fluffy. I told him. It was the only thing he didn't know. And I told him. You could have died. All for a dragon egg. I'll never drink again. I should be chucked out and made to live as a muggle. And then he says he couldn't have died. And he ends up giving... Harry, a delightful present, if not the best present that Harry's ever received. And let's be real, Hagrid's love language seems to be presents. Oh, he, he's a total gift giver. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he gives Harry um, this collection of photos. He called up like old friends of Lily and James Potter, and he gets them a collection of the photos. And these, of course, are the moving photographs yeah, where yeah. you know people can be waving at him. Um, and it's just the most beautiful book. They're smiling at him. Um, and I loved that Harry couldn't speak. But Hagrid understood. You need to, of course, remember that Hagrid's been with Harry since the night his parents were murdered. Hagrid's been with Harry to take him to the train station. He explained Voldemort and the Wizarding World. He literally had to tell him all this stuff. And I love that these two have bonded so much that Harry doesn't have to speak and Hagrid understands. And something also that occurs to me as you're reading this, Mm -hmm. uh, when we first meet Hagrid, Hagrid is the one that takes care of Harry and gives him food. It yes. treats him like a loved one, like family. So yes. it is only fitting that at the end of the book, once Harry has finally recognized who he is, what he is capable of, um, through the help of some others, that Hagrid, his family at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. is his connection to his real family. Jennifer on Facebook says that Hagrid is the Harry Potter version of Lord John in The Gift Giving. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and uh, 
Oh, hold on. Where is it? Oh, man. Come on. Come on. Where is it? I don't know. Oh, Tammy says on Facebook, although Dumbledore lied, that's not why Snape tried to save Harry. It's because Dumbledore told Snape to protect Harry. Exactly. So this is an interesting bit yes. of Dumbledore not giving Harry all of the information. And yet he tells him, I'll tell you one day when you're older. Yeah, because Harry's you, like, not ready. need to know. And- Basically, I'll tell you when you're about to die. And this kind of goes into my feeling overall about the ending of this book. Um, the way that Harry, let me, let me put it this way. The straightest line through all of this is how Quirrell is defeated. Harry does play a role, but it's not the, 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 the match. It's not the, the, the brawl out sequence or it's not the, it's not the, the satisfying, big bad fight mm-hmm. at the end of a book that we were coming to expect. No. When we walked through that door and we didn't know who it was, we were ready for Harry to go to mm-hmm. and, and for something big to happen. And granted, something big did happen. Voldemort is, is revealed. They quarrel and Harry do get into it a little bit. But Harry... Harry doesn't do. He doesn't end Quirrell. He doesn't end Voldemort. Somebody else does. And it makes you feel like, okay, we read this whole book. We, we've we been told about this Chosen One prophecy. We've been told about we this whole thing. We haven't been told about the prophecy. I'm sorry. We've been told that he's like the, the one person who, he, he is he basically, he's considered the Chosen One. Okay, yeah. he is. Regardless of what happens in future books. Right now, he's considered the Chosen One. We've been building towards this, and it's not him that defeats Voldemort or Quirrell. It's somebody else. What do you mean it's somebody else? It's it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore doesn't defeat. He doesn't kill Quirrell. Oh, well, he stops Harry from dying. Yes, but I think Quirrell was dying in the process as well. Probably, but it's still, it required aid from somebody else. It wasn't Harry in this triumphant moment standing over Quirrell's dead body. It was... Agreed, but I think Harry and Quirrell would have both perished. I guess what I'm getting at is this. I think it... Do you, do you, do you like the ending the way that it was written? That it it wasn't necessarily Harry who was totally triumphant. It was it required yeah. somebody else. Yeah, I think I kind of it like makes it, it too. more realistic in the sense that yes, this is an eleven year old going on all these fantastic missions. You just you 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 went exactly in the direction that I was hoping you'd go. Oh, good. He's eleven years old. Yes, and that is the dichotomy that we've been facing this entire book. Yes, it's wee Hogwarts, pumpkin pasties, but. It's light versus dark. Yes. You know, good, capital G, versus bad, capital B. Mm-hmm. An 11-year-old is not prepared no. for that. And actually, you know, it's funny, because as I was reading this, I was actually thinking about the ending of the Hunger Games saga. I was thinking about Mockingjay, the film. The okay. Film. I was thinking about Mockingjay because I remember hating it at the time. Okay. How it ended. How... Katniss, hashtag spoilers, uh, kills President Coin, and she doesn't kill President Snow. And when she's about to get to that one triumphant moment, she gets knocked out and she gets she becomes literally the girl on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's the rebels who have come to save it to throw over the government it's the rebels who have come to save the world and katniss who was the chosen one doesn't do anything of the sort Mm -hmm. and i remember feeling robbed by that and i remember thinking what are we doing like why? Why Why would you do that? This is our hero. This is the chosen one. You take that away from her? And I think about it more now, and I think about it in, through the lens of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm okay with what happened at the end of Mockingjay now, because it was building towards... Her, her purpose as the Mockingjay was to build a revolution, and the revolution happened. Yes. It was successful. And the same thing kind of here. Yes. It's not a revolution necessarily, but it's the thematic work that, that comes through most. Yes. It's love and friendship. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'll fight you with my fists to the bitter end. It's love and friendship that defeats Quirrell yes. and Voldemort. It's, it's the, the love and the care from Dumbledore realizing either, one, I made a mistake, or mm-hmm. two, better put the cake down and, and go help. Um, <laughs> And and it, it takes teamwork, it takes friendship to defeat them, not just Harry being brave. Yeah. I find that remarkable. You know what was not remarkable, though? Dumbledore playing favoritism for the Gryffindors at the very end. Slytherin had won the House Cup. The entire Great Hall was decorated with the silver and the green, and everyone was cheering. And then Harry comes on in to go have his feast, the end of the year feast, which Madame Pomfrey let him go to. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like, um, yes, yes, Slytherin, nice job, but there's been a few additional yeah. bits that I need to do. How badly do you think the Slytherins felt? Here they are, like, totally ready. They've won it. It's awesome. And he's just like, yeah, so um, I'm going to make sure that Gryffindor wins by 10 points. There you go. Just do a yep. little simple math. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Neville, for standing up to your friends, you get an extra 10. Yeah. So, so hey. Gryffindor wins. Yay! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody goes, Makes me want to shout. Except if you're a Slytherin. Yeah. And if you're a Slytherin, it was. Um, imagine Professor Snape being like, literally saved lives as well right where are my extra points what are you doing to me bro had i known that you were gonna do this dumbledore then i would have given like so many more points to slytherins i would have taken so much more off well you gotta you gotta think that you know mcgonagall did wipe all those points away they were out after hours but again the theme i think that another lingering theme throughout this book is it's okay to break the rules as long as you're doing it for the right reason it's okay to break the rules as long as dumbledore wants you to because That's... he'll reward you beautifully for them so i'm not don't go in the third floor corridor but if you do and you win i'll give you 160 points if you do and just in case you do it here's this really cool special magical present (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i'm totally down because you're reading it from harry's perspective you're cheering for the gryffindors but reading it now and being married to a slytherin how would you have felt like waking up in the morning, oh, keeping track of like Slytherin being in the lead for yep. the whole week? You guys have won for the past like, six years. Yep. You're ready for your seventh year win. Keep the dynasty going, baby. Imagine if it was your senior year and you were like, every year I was at Hogwarts. I won. Slytherin won. Like we worked so hard. And there you are at the end of term banquet. The food magically has appeared and you're ready to go. 
And freaking Dumbledore comes in. Yeah, 170 points. I'm Get out of here. here. I'm glad I'm leaving this school. GTFO. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, that's how it ends. You know, then it ends by oh. going off to King's Cross again, which is pretty cool. We talk about a bookend. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the way... Oh, I, I have to read the, the final... <laughs> With the Weasleys and the Dursleys. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the final... Uh, well, not the final one. Hold on. It's it's oh. how... Uh, here it is. And suddenly their wardrobes were empty. Their trunks were packed. Neville's toad was found lurking in a corner of the toilets. Again, with Neville's toad, the bookend, the, yes. the, the, the symmetry. Trevor. Uh, Trevor. Uh, notes were handed out to all the students, warning them not to use magic over the holidays. I always hope they'll forget to give us these, said Fred sadly. Hagrid was there to take them down to the fleet of boats that sailed across the lake. They were boarding the Hogwarts Express, talking and laughing as the countryside became greener and tidier, eating Birdie Bot's every flavor beans as they sped past Muggle Towns, pulling off their wizard robes and putting on jackets and coats, pulling into the platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station. It's so gorgeously written, and it's so tidy. Like, it's so, again, efficient. The, the first number of chapters is spent talking about these transitions. Mm-hmm. The first the first number of chapters are meant talking about the emotionality behind all of these transitions. And here we already get that. We get the iconography of it because we've already been through it. So when we see again, the bookend or the, Mm -hmm. or the symmetry of it all, it, it makes you feel like I've been well taken care of in this book. And within this story, I feel complete. I, I began the journey. Now my journey has ended. I mean, even down to Mrs. Weasley sees Uncle Vernon. So here the magical word world is meeting the Dursleys. And she says, you must be Harry's family. In a matter of speaking, said Harry, Vernon Dursley, <laughs> hurry up, boy. We haven't got all day. And um, Harry leaves. You know, yes, he's getting in the car with Vernon. But he says, they don't know we're not allowed to use magic at home. I'm going to have a lot of fun with Dudley this summer. So we started this book with him being so belittled, so tortured by this family. And yes, he still has to go home to them. But he's got this little ace up his sleeve that he can kind of hold over them. So, all right, you want to do some perspective time? Yes, absolutely. Holy cricket, you're Harry Potter. I'm Hermione Granger. And you are... I'm going to be Dumbledore. Okay, go for it. I'm going to be Dumbledore. Now, if I'm Dumbledore, I, I like you know when you've made a mistake and you know, oh, I got to fix this right yes. away. And like, Except he doesn't say he's sorry, but yes. You, you, and you're doing everything you can to, to get it done yep. as fast as you can because you know you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I just, if I'm Dumbledore, do I really feel that bad? Do I feel that bad? And I don't think that I do. I mean, you're a Slytherin speaking as Dumbledore, so this is a little conflicted. Well, yeah, but I mean, even uh, Harry has to discover who he is. And it's my job. It's been my job since the, you know, since his first year uh, of life to make sure that he is taken care of, to make sure that he has been put in the best position to survive that is possible. He is under the care of the Dursleys, which will give him the humility and keep him away from, from the magical world. Uh, there's, um, you know, the, the, the charm of love and friendship is, is, has been bestowed upon him. And now he's really under my care. And I have to make sure, because I know, I know that 
this battle is coming, and I have to test Harry. I have to keep pushing him. And not only that, I have to learn more about Voldemort. Mm-hmm. I have to learn more about what is actually happening. Yeah. And so when I when I look at it from that perspective, I think Dumbledore is right in everything that he does. Because Harry has to know his boundaries. And he is 11 years old, so he can only do so much. That's when I come in to save the day. But I got I to gotta push him. I have to test him. I have to make sure that he is the kid and he is the person and the man and the wizard that he is supposed to be. And I have to make sure that he does it right because it's only going to be him that can defeat Voldemort. Mm. It's only going to be him. And it's not even that he defeats Voldemort. It's that Voldemort has to defeat himself and it has to be done through Harry. Nice. And he, and Harry needs the courage. Harry needs the bravery. He needs to know what it is to sacrifice the way that his mother sacrificed for him. Otherwise, none of it will work. I dig it. So that's why I, I'm, I'm kind of down with Dumbledore. Even if he knew this whole time. Even if he was. I have the Dumbledore dilemma and you're down with Dumbledore. Even if he was chilling with Fox, eating cake, <laughs> listening to Kelly Claxon. It was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. So that's my suggestion. I love it. What do you think about that, Marvin? Um, That's very interesting. Do you want to know my perspective? Absolutely. I'm going to be Vol- uh, Voldemort. Oh, yes. Love yes. it. All right. Okay. Switching so, roles. So let's just take a moment to be Voldemort throughout the entirety of the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay? So he's chilling. He's like hightailed a ride on the back of Coral's head. I can just picture him shopping at different stores. <laughs> no, that turban looks foolish. No, please, please don't wear the beanie. No, no that doesn't that's work. Ridiculous. A hoodie? Are you really going to wear a hoodie all where, school year? Where's the hot topic? Seriously. Hot topic? Okay, fine. We'll go with the turban. <laughs> it needs to be this shade. Okay. Yes. All right. Loose, like loosely recovering. Loosen it up. Thank you. Thank you very much. So then he gets. Breathe. Then he gets in to Hogwarts, and he remembers the smells. And he remembers the pumpkin pasties. Mm-hmm. And he is so excited because Quirrell is hankering for a hunk of some like first, you know, beginning oh, of the year yeah. feast too. Oh, yeah. So Quirrell, he like tells him, he like whispers in his ear like, hey, make a doggy bag. Like bring it back. <laughs> bag. Bring it back to uh, bring it back to your office because I'm so craving this elf food. Um, <laughs> it's, it, has, it has been so long since I had a fresh cooked meal. He loves it. He's ch- doing great. Checks up on the diadem every once in a while. You know, like tells Quirrell like, let's we're to the removal requirement. We got to make sure my Horcrux is here. What's a Horcrux? Don't worry about it. Just, just, just go just along. Don't worry about it, man. We got this. We got this covered. And you know, he just like visits his old haunts. Does he go back and see Moaning Myrtle and like take the turban Suck off girl. and stick his fist, like his tongue at her, like <laughs> like blow a little raspberry? <laughs> Goes downstairs and checks on the basilisk. You know, like. Give, throws it a couple fish or something. I don't know what it is. Get eats. ready, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> and then here he goes. And finally, Quirrell knows how to get past the different tasks or whatever. And he's talked him into it. And he is so pumped. He is so ready. He is proud of himself that they wrote this little note to get Dumbledore out of the building. Gets through the things. And then there's Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry freaking Potter. And it's like, could this day get any better? I already, like, the end of term feast is coming up. I'm going to get more pumpkin pasties. Um, I'm going to get the elixir of life. This is going to be great. No more gross unicorn blood because that's gross. I already read it from Edward Cullen's perspective, what it's like to drink animal blood. This is going to be amazing. And I'm going to kill Harry Potter. This day couldn't get any better. <laughs> help me, sir. Help. It really hurts. Suck it up, honey. Just deal with it, okay? There's pumpkin pasties waiting for us. 
Suck it up, Quirrell. <laughs> and then who comes in but the one wizard that Voldemort is afraid of? Right. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Ghosty Voldy runs away and hides. See you later. Yep. Come back some other time. Hey, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and on his way out, he curses the fact that he can't have his pumpkin pasties. <laughs> Oh, the man. end. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Did we have any emailed questions? Uh, we don't have any emailed questions. I did see one up here, so you'll need to scroll. I had By the way, in, in the chat here, I have apparently created a civil war among Team PETA or Team Gale. And in all things, all things uh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. So the uh, love, love, love that you guys are talking about this. All right, let's see if we have any questions here. I did see one that oh, by the way, well, let's do the, the let's do the listener question sound. Oh, Mailshead. All right, so if you guys do have questions, remember to send all the questions that you have for us over at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com or just join us on the live if, uh, if you're able to join us live on the uh, uh, when we're recording one of these bad boys. You can do that and have your questions for then. But if you can't and you're listening to this on the podcast app, Send us some questions at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. Especially since the next episode we'll be doing like a book recap. So. Yes, yes. Um, we did have a question from um, Ellen Hanwright who yep. said, does McGonagall know about Quirrell Voldemort and how is she diverting the students away from the third floor? Because surely they would be hearing all the kerfuffle from the fights to get to Voldemort. Mm. I don't think she does. Well, no, because... Diverting the students away from the third floor because they would be hearing all the problems. No, because remember, Ron thinks that they're miles down below the school. I don't think anybody knows what's happening down there at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I and would she say... she didn't believe them. They were like, listen, honey, this is happening. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, they're probably not miles, but they are far down below. And they have to go through a number of different rooms. And they didn't know it was Quirrell. I bet you McGonagall would like go peek in on Snape. She'd be like, okay, they said Snape's going to try to steal the stone. Let me just go walk by. Oh, Snape's in his office. Yep. It's fine. It's totally fine. I don't think we would, they would be able to hear anything uh, from that. Uh, Rachel asks, we'll be doing a GBG for the books and the films. A good, bad, and yes. great. Now, for those of you who listen to Mary and Blake Media Podcasts, you know that's something that we do for each episode of television or film that we watch. I think we will do that for the film and perhaps in the book re- recap uh, we'll do the GBG for that. Patricia Barron says, why was Harry Scar not hurting when he was in proximity with Voldemort? And I don't know, Patricia. I was looking for that too. No, Maybe. he he did. When when like when Quirrell right showed up, it, 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 it took him to his knees. Um, from what I from what I recall in this chapter, like his pain was searing his brain, like he had never felt before. Um, but you're right that when Voldemort is finally revealed. His his scar doesn't seem to be hurting necessarily, but he does have a searing pain in in there. I think when he, I can't remember if it was at the beginning of the chapter or uh, if if you want Mary, you can you can turn around and find it. I think turn around. You can find it if if, if it's in there. I, I I can't remember where it is. Okay, well I can't find it. Uh, let's see. I'm wearing a Star Trek shirt, so right now. So Rebecca on the live asks. Uh, this is a non-related Harry Potter question. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek, Mary? Are you a Star Wars gal or are you a Star Trek I'm gal? I'm a Star Wars girl. See, I grew up a Star Trek kid. Um, I was uh, in love with Captain James Kirk, and I was 
far more in love with Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> I just, and, and uh, William T. Riker. I thought those were just the greatest characters ever. And I just, I wanted to be, I wanted to be Commander Riker in the worst way uh, for so long. And that's kind of why I have a beard now is because of Commander Riker. Um, but uh, uh, if I had to choose, if I had to choose one to, to keep going forward, it would be Star Wars. Hmm. I, I, I love myself from Star Wars. Uh, Anna says, do you believe that Voldemort appears the way he does because he may be part snake? Maybe why he can't breathe? Mm. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other just scroll to the bottom. There yeah, you go. No, that we had that, those are all. All right, there. ladies and gents, we are done with your questions and we are done with this book. But yes. the next episode is going to be the whole book recap, you know, the Sorcerer's Stone recap. And what we would love is, in addition to us just kind of recapping this book, is to hear from a lot of you and things that you agree with, things that you don't agree with, maybe different points that we've talked about and theories and to send us your thoughts um, at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. You can also use our speak pipe recording option if you wanted to leave a voice memo that we can include inside of our book recap episode so you can hear your voice on the podcast. You can go to Mary and, oh wait, is it Mary and Blake? For what? If they want to do the speak pipe. Uh, yes, uh, Marion Blake. MarionBlake.com. And there's a little speak pipe in the contact area. So you can leave a little voice memo. <sighs> well, and then after the book recap, we will do a movie recap. We're going to figure out the dynamics of how we're going to do that still. So we'll go, we'll let you know in the next episode. So the next episode is going to be the book one, Sorcerer's Stone, complete recap. Send us your thoughts, your questions, um, your theories, Media at gmail.com, or as I said, MarianBlake.com. Choose the voicemail feature. Mary, you're going to want to get your headphones on for this one. Okay. Because this is this is important. You're going to want to hear it. How we close out this bad boy. Okay. Uh, so if you're ready for this one, as, as Mary hooks herself in, right into the Matrix, here we go. Uh, Mary, you ready to close the bad boy out? I sure am. All right, let's do it, shall we? No, yeah. It's our Paul! Yay! Yeah! 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 Yes. Yo, what up, man? My name's Dean Thomas. Hey! Oh, that's a bubble gum. You guys don't know this? You need to. Because we're going to talk about it. Okay, Schlong bottom. Wow, Harry Potter, my name is Cho Chang, y'all. You should stop by the Ravenclaw house sometime. What's going on here? We're just like a famous or something. You are. You're Harry freaking Potter. You don't understand you're a legend man to us all Every son and daughter safe from you know who All because of you, you were small But I wonder if you could recall so we are going to talk about the Harry, the Harry Potter musical at some point. Um, if you haven't checked it out, YouTube, a Harry Potter musical, poorly recorded, yes, just like a college group, a most amazing story that we will delve into in an episode of itself. But this song is so good. Hold on, You're Harry freaking Potter. We don't prefer Gandalf, Merlin, or us. You're a whole lot. 
Basically, had I gone to school with these peeps, had I been in their age, I would have been on stage with them or in the pit. This Such is a like, dork. oh my gosh, so. So much, uh, so much love. All right, so ladies and gents, you guys know where to find us, Mary and Blake, on all forms of social media. Remember, of course, this episode has been sponsored by MinuteWithMary.com. Please search the hashtag MinuteWithMary and request to join my marvelous VIPs group. <laughs> oh, no, you turned it's all the way off. Skeeter. We don't need her right now. We well, don't need I'll, her. I'll, I'll turn it down a little bit more. There we go. Okay. Um, but I would love for you to join that VIP group and we will be back later this week. Make sure you're on our complimentary texting program. Text the number 81010 uh, in the message field at Elderwand, just one word, E-L-D-E-R-W-A-N-D with the at symbol for it. Or you can go to remind.com slash join slash Elderwand and you will be signed up for our complimentary texting service and we'll let you know when we go live. Also, I want to let you know that we did get to review number 60, so... One of you who was between the number 50 and 60 that gave us a written review will, in fact, Woo-hoo! be called out on social media very soon. So do keep an eye out for that. And you will have a one item from the Marion Blake store of Woo! your choice. My suggestion would be the uh, would be the, the Dumbledore. Wait, doesn't kill you, make you stronger shirt. <laughs> Just throwing that out that's there. That's what I'm getting. So that's what I'm thinking. So... Um, last thing is head on over to jointhenerdclan.com if this brings you joy. Of course, jointhenerdclan.com is our Patreon site where you can donate as little as $2 a month uh, to help support this, to keep the podcast going, to keep our website fees and all this stuff rocking and rolling. We want to make sure that we are bringing you light and joy and entertainment to your life. So if we do that for you, we would totally appreciate it. Head on over to jointhenerdclan.com. That's it, kids. Right for now, my name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Mischief managed. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.